everybody. I am Rachel. And I'm Paul. And together we are going to have a bit of a countdown to Christmas, which is very exciting. It is. Christmas is coming and it's what a year it has been so far. It's been one of the most difficult years on record, I think. Everybody's had problems with the lockdowns, not being able to see friends and family. And we know what that has been like. So we are aiming over the next months to have something cheerful every day. Christmas is coming. It's that midwinter time when we really should be jolly. And that's what we're going to make our best effort to do. Yes. So there's going to be a bit of banter between Paul and me. We do a lot of bantering, really, don't we? (laughs) Um, And we're going to have some readings. We're going to have an interview. We're going to have a thought for the day from our lovely vicar, Simon. And what else are we going to have? Uh, music. We're going oh, to have really? music. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> you and I would do music. <laughs> Folks uh, who don't know us, we, we get involved in a lot of music locally. Um, we're involved in the local village choir. We run one or two things and we record a lot of our own music at home. So we're going to lay on you some old Christmas songs, things you probably know quite well, but we're going to give you our versions of them, which hopefully you might like. It's just a bit of a break from the stuff that you're going to hear on the radio every day. You mean the professional stuff? Yes. So where where are we now? So we are in the uh, the Valley of Chew, which is uh, south of Bristol, between Bristol and Wells in Somerset. And uh, it's, it's a, possibly the most beautiful place in the world. It is splendid. We look out from our window across the Mendip Hills and Valley, and the the view is excellent. If we hear while we're talking some strange noises in the background, it will be because apart from us in this house, we also have a multitude of of livestock. (laughs) We've got uh, cats, dogs, horses, donkeys and other things which might be floating away in corners we don't know about. Oh. Yeah, I hope not. But yes, we also have quite a few of them. So yes, including yeah. elderly dogs and very young kittens, which is quite exciting. So on to the music to get us kicked off today. And uh, Rachel, I think it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look at the five and ten It's glistening once again With candy canes and silver lanes that glow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door a pair of hop along boots and a pistol that shoots is the wish of bonnie and ben dolls that'll talk and will go for a walk is the hope of janice and jen and mom and dad can hardly wait for school to start again it's beginning to look a lot like christmas One 
in the park as well It's the sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Soon the bells will start And the thing that'll make them ring Is the carol that you sing right within your Do you think that's actually prophetic, that song? Is it really beginning to look a lot like Christmas? Well, I hope it does. I hope so for all the people in the shops and people who are losing their livelihoods. I mean, we've been very lucky, haven't we, Mm -hmm. sitting here making music. Um, But it's different for so many people, isn't it? So anyway, onwards, upwards, ever. So um, we'd like to introduce Chris to you, who is a good friend. She sings in the choirs with us and she's recorded some lovely poems for you. And this is a special one for December the 1st called... December the 1st. Open your eyes, climb out of bed... Put on your robe and pick up Ted. Go down the stairs and open your eyes. Waiting for you is a big surprise. Advent is here, it's nearly time for Santa, reindeer and bells that chime. And on the wall a calendar sits that's full of sweets and chocolatey bits. 24 days till Christmas Eve when Santa will bring his gifts with ease. But way up north... The elves all know that these short days will quickly go, for Santa gives them all a task that they must finish quick and fast, from checking lists to wrapping toys for all the little girls and boys. So on this day, December the 1st, the elves recite this little verse. It's time to go, we must be quick, it's nearly time for old Saint Nick. The boys and girls come good, some bad, Keep asking for their dear mums and dads. Will Santa come? Will Santa stay? And leave us gifts for Christmas Day? So, come on elves, we've work to do. There's lots of jobs for me and you. Let's sing a song of Christmas cheer. For Christmas Eve is almost here. So Rachel and I were thinking about what we might put into this podcast every day. And one idea we came up with, wouldn't it be interesting to look back on days gone by and see what happened on this day in history? So we're talking about now December the 1st, and we we had a bit of research as to what went on in December the 1st, years gone by. And one thing which came to light was that this was the day 65 years ago when Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat to a white man on a bus 
in Alabama. And this resonates with us really very strongly because of the recent death of George Floyd, who was, as you know, killed illegally by a police officer in May earlier this year. Now, Rosa was a civil rights activist. And after the incident, she came out with some wonderful quotes that are words we think we could stand by today. She said, you must never be fearful about what you're doing when it's right. She said each person must live their life as a model for others. She also said that I'd like to be remembered as a person who wanted to be free so other people would also be free. I knew someone, she said, had to take the first step and I made up my mind not to move. So, good old Rosa, if all of us stuck to these kind of words and took them on board, I think George Floyd and all those other people who have been killed because of the colour of their skin would still be alive today. And we wouldn't really need those words, Black Lives Matter, because equality would be seen as the norm everywhere, don't you think? Absolutely. So true, isn't it? And history always needs people who will stand up and not be afraid to be counted. And Rosa Parks, you know, we should celebrate her today and we should all think about her and how she contributed to a mark in history. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to look at also one or two other good things that are happening around the world. And uh, we've got a friend we'd like to tell you about. Yes, we would. Absolutely. Well, actually, at this time of year, I found it a privilege to put together a shoebox with gifts in for children in other parts of the world. Um, a few years ago, we did a huge amount with the charity called Friends of Chernobyl's Children, which was set up after the 1986 explosion at Chernobyl. And the aim of the charity was to bring children over to this country for a month's recuperation each year. And the children were seven when they came over, first of all, and came to us until they were 12. They came from Belarus. It wasn't actually Chernobyl, but it was from a city in southern Belarus called Gomel. And uh, it's not that far as the wind blows from Chernobyl. And uh, they did have a huge amount of fallout when the nuclear explosion happened. So we learnt about what it was like for them living in Gomel and we asked ourselves how we could help them further. So one of the things we did was we arranged for shoeboxes to be packed up by local people within our village. We accumulated 500 of these shoeboxes and they were all beautifully packed and people had taken such care. We had contact with the company Dunelm. Their headquarters was very close to where we lived and they volunteered to have a driver and a large lorry take our shoeboxes over to Belarus. It was such a kind thing to do. I feel like going on Saturday Live, you know, with Richard Coles and sort of say, what what would you like to thank somebody for? And I would thank Dunham for doing this because it was just the kindest thing in the world. 
So they fitted our shoeboxes in and then the rest of the space within the lorry, they filled with duvets, sheets, blankets, pillows, anything and everything that you could think to help children. And they went to some orphanages. And one of our friends, Tracy, went over in the following March to just see them and see if they'd been able to use them. And she took money over as well to see if there were other things that she could buy there in order to help these orphanages. So here we have Tracy from Leicestershire and she's going to talk about the the boxes and the impact that these boxes have on the children. I got to I was lucky enough I got to visit quite a few different orphanages and I always I just always stuck in my mind that one that I went to um and they were showing they introduced me to some of the older children, the teenagers, and um how they were showing me around their rooms and it was really sparse, but they were so happy. They were, they, they were, they were happy where they were. It was a nice, it was a nice place. But then one of them just show, took a shoebox from up under their bed to show me. And it was just like, and it was, you could see it was a, it, it was literally their, their treasure. They, 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 they looked, they opened it up so carefully and everything was still in its place. They've used a little bit of it, but they hadn't, you know, they just, it was like their only, to me, it looked like their only bit of personal possessions that they had. And, um, you know, you, I looked in there and there was, you know, you know, they just got some paper and some, some pencils and I mean, they had flannels. I think there was a comb and a brush. And, I, and it just struck me how um materialistic we are here and how much we give our own our own kids and it was like even though I'd, I'd been to visit um Sasha as well and she was the same when when they were over here and we um I'd, the girls had been out and I'd bought them some coloring pencils and some a book within the first day my two that the pencils were on the floor hoovered up whatever they, they were done they'd used them they were done and then I'd gone and visited like Sasha at her home and on their shelf she brought it out and the book was still like it was brand new the pencils were all still in their cardboard box and um and then it just made me feel ashamed really of what I'd what I'd done to my own kids because you know I'd got Tamsin at that time she'd so this is like months afterwards this is February March and she'd still got Christmas presents in their boxes that hadn't even been opened because she had that much. And it just changed the way then how I was with my own kids because I just thought these these kids over there um, have hardly anything but what they have, they appreciated and they loved and they cared for. And, you know, when they made the, when, when our kids put the boxes together here, I thought it was a really nice thing for them to do. I did think about it was going to the children over there. Obviously I did. I didn't realise what an impact it would actually be and how much these little, little things that we were buying, these 50p hairbrushes and things, made a, such a difference to their lives. And it did. Just brought a little bit of brightness to them, I think. Did you talk to the girls, your girls, about it all when you came back and how precious? Yeah, yeah. 
absolutely and um from that day to this I mean don't get me wrong they do get spoiled they do get too much but anything that I buy them now I have to think that there's going to be some kind of practicality to it that they're going to use it and um yeah I did I, I just it, it made me so um it, it really upset me to see it and the thing is they got more joy out of that one shoebox than what my girls did out of the whole pile of things you know where they open them up put it to one side open it up no they 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 got more joy out of that than all of the rubbish that i was buying the curls and they've always appreciated it ever since Well, that's really interesting, I think. It, I would say it seems that those people who probably have the least in life are the ones who can appreciate life the most. Yes, and it's also so interesting to hear how valued these little shoe boxes are that we put just little bits and bobs that, that we don't rate really very highly, but how they are valued by the children who receive them. And it's the thing that I always want to do every single year for the rest of my life. And thinking about presents, I, I really don't enjoy receiving presents. Well, that makes my life easy, this year. It, it does, really. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Not ever so good at presents, are you, really? But for me, there is nothing more lovely than being in a packed church for a carol service or midnight mass. And there are candles everywhere and the church is decorated beautifully with holly and berries. And I think that's a scene that we're going to have to wait till next year before we see again. I know, but it's all very firmly embedded in our minds, isn't it? And I think if we close our eyes, we can come back to that that scene over and over again. And it is just incredibly beautiful. So on that note, I'd like to introduce the Reverend Simon Lewis to you, who is going to take us through the whole of the nativity over the next, what is it, five weeks, 37 days, I think it is. And he's going to take a little snippet at a time and a Bible reading, a pose you a question to think about it is your homework really because (laughs) as a teacher you know you always need a little bit of homework so are you taking notes (laughs) so without further ado let's introduce you to reverend simon lewis who is rector at st andrew's blagden st bartholomew's ubley and st michael and all angels in compton martin From today through to Christmas and then to Epiphany, I'm going to read short verses from the Bible, not only telling the story of the Nativity, Jesus' birth, but also explaining something of who this baby was and the impact he has had on the world. After each Bible verse, I will pose a question or thought and then offer my take on it. But really, those questions or thoughts are for you to consider sometime during the day. And I hope you will have an opportunity to share them with your family and friends. Our first piece of scripture comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 26. God sent the angel Gabriel to a town in Galilee named Nazareth. 
He had a message for a young woman promised in marriage to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of King David. She was a virgin, and her name was Mary. And here's the question stroke thought. Knowing that Mary would have been about 12-15 years old, and brought up knowing and understanding God and the Jewish way of life, what do you think would be Mary's reaction to seeing and being talked to by an angel? Well, here's my take on it. OMG comes to mind. And yes, I would say, oh my God. Then wouldn't you? You know, you're standing there, minding your own business, probably cooking something, and a voice says, Mary. That's me, you reply. But who are you? What are you doing here? The figure standing before you says, it's all right. I'm called Gabriel, but I don't know any men called Gabriel. I'm not a man. I'm an angel. <laughs> you don't look much like an angel. Have you seen an angel before? No, but they always have wings. Where are your wings? I don't need them when I'm not flying. So what are you doing here? I've come to bring you a message. You're kidding. Have me on. No, I'm not. I've come to tell you that God has chosen you to enable the Incarnation to take place. To enable the what? That, of course, is an imaginary conversation. But make no mistake, Mary would have been firstly stunned by the encounter, as any of us would, and then because of her background, something would have clicked in her mind. There would be some realisation of a memory, planted way, way back when she was much younger about the funny word incarnation. So I hope you've enjoyed today's little ramble through Christmas. Um, this is all very new to us, to be honest. So please stick with us over the next few days. And I promise... We're going to get better at this. Do you think we really are? I do, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Ever the optimist. So if you've enjoyed uh, any particular things that we've talked about today and want to know a little bit more, please do look at the website, herecomeschristmas.net. We'll put up links there to various things that we've talked about. You can find out more. And a big thanks, to, of course, to all our guests today. Yes, absolutely. Particularly to Tracy, who talked so movingly about the presence in shoeboxes, to Chris for her lovely reading, and to Simon for his great reflection and the question that he's posed. So don't forget to, to ponder upon his words before so we meet again. We'll be back with more Christmas frolics tomorrow. Excellent. <laughs> We're looking forward to it already. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye. Bye.